Well, we're going to read a passage out of um, Luke this evening, not this morning, this evening. And um, it's not a typical Christmas passage because it's not in the Christmas narrative. Um, but we're going to jump to that tonight and read out of there. So if you will follow along with me um, in your bulletin. This is out of Luke 18. It says, Now they were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them to him saying, Let the children come to me and do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. You should pray with me. God, thank you so much for um, these children tonight who have brought um, such a great retelling of, of your birth. Jesus, as we um, reflect on that, as we reflect on you and how much you love us um, and desire for us to approach you like kids, um, Lord, we pray that you would bless us. Jesus, let my words not be in the way, but let your words ring true. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Um, So when I was in third grade, um, I got the greatest gift I have ever gotten on Christmas. Um, It's a Sega Genesis, which might tell you just a little bit about where my age is. Um, And uh, sorry, students, you've heard this story before, but everybody else gets to hear it now. So this story that I'm telling you is kind of like lore in my family because it's huge and my parents recorded it and showed it for like three Christmases afterwards. And you'll see why. Um, So I really wanted a Sega Genesis when I was in third grade. It was like the coolest thing. All my friends had one. If you didn't have one and you were still playing a Nintendo, you were not cool. You were not important. All the important people had Sega Genesis's. And I wanted one really badly. And I was pretty certain that I was going to get it. Now, my family has a, a tradition that I'm sure many of you have where we got to open up one present on Christmas Eve. And for whatever reason, I got it in my mind that my parents were going to put that present under the tree on Christmas Eve and I was going to be able to open it up. And so I had these hopes and dreams all Christmas Eve day as my mom was baking cookies and I was under the tree kind of shaking packages that I was going to open up that Sega Genesis and I was going to spend the whole night playing video games, right? And I found a present that truthfully was a little bit smaller than what a Sega Genesis would be in, and it probably didn't weigh quite as much, but I had convinced myself that that's what that was. So we went to church, we went to our candlelight service, I spilled candle wax on the carpet, and we came home, and we put our Christmas jammies on, and we went to go get our presents, and I bolted for that one present because I knew that's what it was, and I grabbed it. And so my sister opened up her present, I have no idea what it was, I can't remember it, but I opened up mine, and I ripped off that paper, And I looked inside, and it was a Where's Waldo board game. (laughs) And I threw it down, threw the biggest fit I have ever thrown in my entire life, ran to my room crying, bawling. And my dad, because it was 1993, had everything on video. And so we watched it the next week at my grandparents' house and the next year. And understand, I... I put a lot of importance on that present. I thought that my importance was based on that, on that present. Now, you are more than welcome to judge my childishness in this story. Believe me, I have done that. But what I've come to understand is that in that moment, on that night, when I opened up that present, I was not acting like a child. I was acting like an adult. And here's what I mean. When we look at this passage that we just read— when we, take, when, we, when we take a look at this story in the first part, we have these kids and their parents who are just trying to get close to Jesus because they know that what they really need is him and he is loving it. There's a simplicity and a joy in all of it, sort of like Christmas at its best. But then these adults 
around them start to turn them away, which is a very adult thing to do. Now, why did they do this? Well, if, if we read further out, what we come to understand is that, that Jesus and his disciples are on their way to Jerusalem. And the disciples are probably thinking about the potential showdown they imagine is coming between Jesus and the powers that be. They're probably a little afraid about potentially needing to go fight because after all, Jesus has mentioned the possibility of death. But they've also seen Jesus do some pretty amazing things. And who knows what he's capable of doing. He could probably take on Herod and Pilate. But could he even take on Caesar? And they're probably thinking, and he chose us, so he probably needs us to be there with them. And these people bringing their infants, don't they know how important Jesus is and, and their mission and us? The disciples are preoccupied thinking and caring about the wrong things. And they're trying to get everyone else to do the same. Or at least they're just trying to get everyone else out of the way so that they can concentrate on the important things and on their own importance. And they've missed what really is important. Jesus' kingdom, where he cares for and attends to the unimportant things in people. Adults, we get preoccupied thinking and caring about the wrong things. And then we try and make others do the same, especially at Christmas. And we, like the disciples, forget to attend to the unimportant things in people in our lives. Instead, we get preoccupied with God's stuff getting more of it, keeping as much of it as possible, trying to get other people's stuff, or at least the same sort of stuff, so we can keep up with them. And not just more objects, but more relationships, more accolades, more raises, more promotions, more knowledge, more, 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 more. We get preoccupied thinking way too highly of ourselves, how much better we are than those people. And we obsess over making sure everyone else will know how highly they ought to think of us too even if we're really not that accomplished. We show off so others will have to try and keep up with us. And we also get preoccupied screaming for someone to pay attention to us, to our difficulty, to our struggle, to our pain and suffering, to our accomplishments that we've used to cover up our pain and suffering, or to all of our stuff that we've used to make up for and justified by our difficulty and struggle. Here's the kicker. I'm willing to bet that what we are truly afraid of is others thinking that we are unimportant or actually being unimportant. That there really is no one out there who cares about us. And Christmas is just all these things condensed and amplified into one day. If we approach it like adults. At some point, many of us forgot what it was like to be a kid at Christmas and we spend the whole holiday trying to prove our importance to everybody around us. We do this because we've forgotten how truly unimportant we are in the grand scheme of things and yet how important we are to Jesus. Make no mistake, when we do this, we anger God. Look at verse 16 with me. Jesus says that his kingdom, all its joy and laughter and goodness, belongs to the children, to the unimportant ones. These infants really couldn't do anything for Jesus. If there was going to be a fight in Jerusalem, kids wouldn't be on the front lines. They probably couldn't even lift a sword. They have no political power or sway, and their brains aren't even fully formed yet, so they're not bringing any new ideas to the table. They just don't have much. And that's really the point. Jesus delights in the kids in this story because they are his, not because they can do anything for him. And that's true love. 
Jesus delights in all of our kids because they are his, not because they can do anything for him. He doesn't need them. He simply wants them. He delights in them. Um, I have two, I have a lot of kids. Two of my younger ones, uh, we spend every night brushing their hair. And one of my favorite points of most days is that whichever one goes second is usually sitting in my lap. And when I get done brushing her hair, we usually, we watch a little video while we're doing it because it keeps her mind off the tangles. And um, what will happen is, is they will just like melt into my body. And it's one of the best feelings of the day because it's just this sense of surrender. And just, I feel safe here. I think Jesus is angry at his disciples in this story because they're blocking these kids from climbing up onto his lap. And I think Jesus really likes that too. They're robbing him of this kind of joy out of their own self-importance. They've forgotten how unimportant they are to the grand scheme of things. Jesus could accomplish all he came to do without them. He didn't need the disciples. And they don't really bring much to the table. Instead, they just want his stuff. But he reminds them that he's way better than his stuff. Instead, they just want to impress Jesus. But he reminds them that there isn't anything they can do to impress him. He holds infinity in his mind. Try to wrap your head around that one. Instead, they, they are just afraid that he won't notice their pain or their needs or that they're truly unimportant. And he reminds them, you are important to me. I don't need you. I simply want you. I delight in you. Do you want to know how much? Later in this passage, Jesus, for the third time, tells them he's going to Jerusalem to die. He says, I'm going to Jerusalem not to pick a fight with the powers that be, but to pick a fight with the thing that truly has power over you and is the cause of all your obsessions with importance and feelings of unimportance. Sin. Yours, his, hers, everyone's. I'm going to die in your place for your sins and their place for their sins, and I do so willingly and full of love. When you and I obsess over our own importance in any of these ways, we anger Jesus too because we're robbing him of the joy of us feeling loved by him, of knowing how truly unimportantly important we are to him. He doesn't need us. He simply wants us. He delights in us. And I think... Jesus delights in all the silly things that our teens and our kids do too. All the snap streaks and the TikTok challenges and the B-reels and whatever else we want to use to judge them with. I think Jesus likes that stuff because it's silly and he just delights in us when we do silly things. Unless we're chasing them as ways to prove our importance. And then they're just empty and they just anger him. All that stuff you're chasing can't bring you the joy of belonging to Jesus. You can't do anything to impress Jesus. And your pain and needs don't go unnoticed by him and you are infinitely important to him. All the things we truly desire as we chase after all this importance can only be found in Jesus. Jesus' desire this Christmas is for you and I to drop all the important things in our lives and simply climb up into his lap and let him love us to have our desires truly met. But if you and I are not truly his, we have no place in his lap and we're left always wanting, always desiring. We actually can't climb up there clinging to our stuff, to our accomplishments, or the thought that no one cares about us or notices us. In fact, the Bible calls such actions sin and they can't be in Jesus' holy presence. If you are clinging to these things, you can't be in Jesus' holy presence. 
It's only through us letting go of those things and trusting Jesus' claim of importance over us that we're able to get what we really want. So I woke up the next morning on that Christmas, and my dad, um, which I pray you get to meet someday and you'll understand this story so much more. My dad, uh, he, we, we came there, and I, like, we had reconciled. We actually played the Where's Waldo games. Pretty fun. And we, so we, I came to the tree the next morning, kind of questioning, like, I think that the Sega Genesis is going to be there, but I don't really know now. My whole world had, had been wrecked. And so I came to the tree, and there was a box. It was a larger box, and it was, it was wrapped. And I picked it up, but it was super light. And I opened it up, and it was, in fact, the Sega Genesis box. My dad had plugged it in and played it all night, and then he made me find it, <laughs> right? Not totally the point, but that's what happened. I got the Sega Genesis, and I did enjoy it. Man, I loved that Sega. It was super fun until the PlayStation came out. And then the Sega Genesis became unfun and unimportant. And that PlayStation was super fun. Until the PlayStation 2 came out, which was also super fun. Until I had kids and I had no more time for fun. <laughs> or video games. Here's my challenge to you all. Some of you were brought here by your family tonight. And this is my invitation to you this Christmas. Approach Christmas as God's child. Get everything that you have ever wanted in life this Christmas. I promise you, Jesus is what you really want. You can, you can dress it up as other things, but Jesus is really what you want. And all you have to do is let go of everything else. It cannot give you the importance you desire. You are a sinner. You need a Savior. Jesus is that Savior. There's absolutely no reason for you not to accept and embrace that. And this is how you gain importance. Now, some of you brought your family here tonight and you're thinking to yourself, yes, they're hearing this message. And this is my invitation to you this Christmas. Approach Christmas as God's child. I want to remind you that in our passage, Jesus isn't speaking to the other religious rulers or the Roman oppressors or the sinners or the tax collectors. He's speaking to the disciples, his closest friends, his most devoted followers, who will later in this chapter say, we have left everything for you, Jesus. This invitation tonight is for you too. Get everything you've ever wanted in life this Christmas. Jesus has offered it to you freely. Quit trying to prove that you're important to him. All you have to do is to let go of everything else because it cannot give you the importance you desire. You are a sinner and you need a savior. And Jesus is that savior. And there's absolutely no reason for you to act like you have not already accepted and embraced that. You already know how important you are. Quit making it difficult for those around you to accept and embrace the same thing. Kids, I know. This is like your favorite part of the whole time. But up here, because this is really important. Tomorrow morning, when you are opening your presents and you're thinking about how much cooler your brother's or your sister's presents are than yours, or when you try and brag about whatever your presents are or are thinking about the thing you didn't get that your friends did, be careful not to think like an adult. Act like the kid you are and remind the adults in your life to do the same because Jesus is way better than your stuff, than his stuff. And nothing you can do can impress Jesus. He knows and delights in you. Christmas reminds us that we are unimportantly important to Jesus. Don't forget it. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much that we are important enough to you 
that you stepped down out of heaven and became a human. And that you walked perfectly, that you cared for us, that you loved us, that you died on a cross and rose again, and you invite us to follow you and to embrace the importance that you give us. Tonight, Lord, for whatever reason why all these people are here, God, we pray that you would not let it be in vain. Father, if there are those here who are struggling, who haven't ever considered you before, Lord, I pray that you would invite them in, that you would press upon their heart in a way that they cannot deny it. Lord, for those of us who know you, remind us how important we are to you, how much you love us. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen.